Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to the post-trade deadline edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. And Thomas, we will be making just as many deals over the course of this podcast as Brian Cashman did at the 2020 deadline. Yeah, exciting. Uh, we really bolster, bolstered the roster uh, with all these injuries that we got. We, we went out and got all that pitching that we desperately needed. And uh, the outlook's looking good with the race coming up this week. You absolutely love to wait all day in order to be able to cover a big move or even a small move. Like we, we would have had a lot to say about the any move Archie Bradley. We would have had, you know, probably, probably be able to do 10, 15, 20 minutes on that. Starling Marte had a whole file open. I, I filed, you know, some government papers, get some more dirt on Starling. Nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. Um, and it, you know what? It's one of those where I, I do understand why the Yankees didn't go overboard in this broken 2020 season. But at the same time, uh, when the Blue Jays are acquiring, you know, piece after piece after piece, you know, whatever you think about Robbie Ray and Jonathan Villar, like those are guys and they're guys that have been rumored Yankees targets for a long time. And we didn't get any of them and the Blue Jays got all of them. So at a certain point, even if you're not happy with the acquisition targets, you got to be frustrated that the team that's chasing you got three of them. Yeah, not only that, an up-and-coming Jays team who, you know, could potentially keep these guys beyond this season, depending on what happens and how they think they fit into the roster. Um, 
But yeah, once again, the Yankees not making any deals is, is disappointing to say the least. I know I did a lot of complaining about the trade targets leading up to this. I was not a fan of uh, Bundy, Gossman, or Taiwan Walker. Uh, but at the same time, um, I probably would have maybe preferred one of them as opposed to zero people uh, to maybe help fortify the back end of the rotation. Um, if Cashman's telling reporters on a Zoom call last week that and Aaron Boone mentioned it too, that there were a lot of ongoing conversations about acquiring pitchers at the deadline and doing their due diligence to come up with nothing is a little bit concerning. I'm not going to fault them for Clevenger, but then when you look at that return that the Indians got from the Padres, like the Yankees couldn't do that. Um, but I'm most, uh, that that's, that's another story though, because that's that the, the Padres are in a different boat. They're, they're really going for it all this, this next in this bizarre 60 game season. And then, you know they'll kind of be built for the next two years after that but I'm most disappointed like we need a lefty why can't you go out and get Mike Miner the Rangers trade him in the division to the athletics and they get the athletics number 13 and 19 overall prospects like we can't do how can we not do that deal I've loved Miner for a long time and all he does is put up numbers you can call him a soft toss a crafty lefty guy that maybe won't hold up in the scrutiny of a playoff series all you want Struck out 200 guys last year. I mean, this isn't the Mike Miner that you probably remember as a Braves prospect who's kind of like a light version of these, you know, classic Braves lefties like Tom Glavin. Like, Miner's got a cutter. Miner rebuilt himself entirely in the Royals bullpen, and his numbers have been pretty staggering for a few years now. So even like a backsliding Mike Miner in 2020 is probably worth the Yankees, what, with 13th and 19th best prospects uh, that Oakland had to give up to get Miner. Once again, that's, that's crossing division lines, clearly very available if the Rangers were willing to do that uh, with a team that they would theoretically consider a hated rival. Um, I, I don't understand why they let Minor waltz to somebody else. I didn't get why they didn't go after Starling Marte harder for a while. Uh, the outfield depth, which should be the number one non-issue in you know Yankees universe, has turned into a huge problem. Uh, Clint Frazier can hit. He's proven that. He, and he's also been great on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he's been everything you'd want Clint Frazier to be in his two weeks up with the big club. Mike Talkman is backsliding this year. Nobody wants to admit it because nobody wants Mike Talkman to not be an elite on-base presence and a speed merchant and sort of an excellent war-boosting defensive outfitter. He's been weird on the base paths. He's not hitting the ball very hard. His batted ball profile and hard hit percentage is way down this year. Uh, perhaps it's weighing on him a little bit. At, at a certain point, we were wondering how we'd get Talkman accurate playing time. Uh, now it's like he's, he's in there, you know, 75% of the time he's hitting cleanup. Uh, no judge, no Stanton, obviously, for a very long time. They're going to make sure this judge rehab lasts as long as possible to make sure that he doesn't re-injure uh, whatever. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors. About bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, it's also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. This strange recurring calf strain is. Uh, and Brett Gardner is sort of soaking up every day at bats in a way that he wasn't last year because he was contributing last year. He almost hit 30 homers in 2019. So seeing Brett Gardner in the eight hole in 2020 is different than seeing that exact same lineup last year. And that's, you know, what aging does. But 
it's no longer sort of this uh, overload of depth. And Starling Marte is, is really good. That, that's an all-star level guy. Uh, I understand at this point why the Yankees didn't balk or why they weren't you know, able to close the deal. Uh, it's because Marte cost Caleb Smith. Uh, who, you know, was an all-star level lefty for the Marlins last year, fell off a little bit, didn't ultimately make the team, uh, and was a Yankee at some point, has sort of been someone that the Yankees have been criticized for giving up on too early. Uh, It's very bizarre to see, you know, the the roller coaster of the deadline, realizing that it seemed like the Yankees were going to be able to get Marte for nothing, and then it turns out it would have probably cost serious pitching depth. Uh, but then mine are legitimately going for nothing. Clevenger was never going to happen. So even after you saw that package uh, being lighter than you probably expected, the long hair, sunshine, that, that's a California dude. The yep. Yankees were not giving up their 7th, ninth, and 11th best prospects since big league ready regulars for Clevenger. You know, Josh Naylor, we, we love to hate on the package. Probably a Talkman equivalent, right? That that's going to cost you some real major leaguers, even though the package looked kind of light and the Padres got out without giving up their – Davey Garcia, Clark Schmidt type dudes. Uh, that's probably still at a cost level the Yankees weren't comfortable with. And anyway, I just don't see any world in which a guy like Clevenger ends up on the Yankees this year. That's true. I agree with that as well. It's just like, I feel like the last few years, we can't strike a balance in between like, like, look, I don't want to give up a Davey Garcia for Jonathan Villar, for example, as we saw him go to the uh, to the Blue Jays, uh, and it, it wasn't exactly cheap. Um, but, like, how, how long are we going to hold on to all these prospects for? What, what are we doing with all these guys? We already have enough depth at the major league level. It's blocking all these players and blocking all these young guys from coming up. Look at the issues we had with Frazier up until a couple of weeks ago. So we're just – we're t- I don't want to – we went from being – run by George Seinbrenner, who was ready to give up the entire farm system for an over-the-hill veteran that would, you know, put fans in the seats or just give the team more of uh, – kind of put, put them more in the spotlight. And now we're hoarding prospects to the point where we're balking at all the prices, which, on the other hand, you can't really entirely fault the Yankees for that, given that we've seen over the years on the trade market, a lot of these teams do try to rip them off because they know they have a lot of depth and because they are the Yankees and they don't – probably don't want to see the Yankees win or they don't want to be the team that, you know, gives birth to another Yankees dynasty. You can't blame them for that either. Um, But at the same time, like if you're not kicking the tires on Mike Miner and then you see after the fact what the, what the return was for that, you've got to be kicking yourself if you're the front office, because this roster needed some sort of reinforcements, whether it was for just this year or beyond, given that we have a lot of injuries, have a lot of contracts, to address over the next couple of years. And, you know, it'd be nice to maybe get a cost-effective guy in there or maybe get a guy who can inject some more life into the lineup or the pitching staff this year, even if they were becoming a free agent. And then, you know, you talk to them in the offseason, maybe extend them for a couple of years. It's really not out of the, out of the realm of possibility, um, but especially for the Yankees who need some sort of injection of life after – all of these injuries and after that seven game slide and losing of seven of eight, we know that the three game win streak was immeasurable for morale. um, As we were saying uh, when they made that five uh, run comeback in the ninth inning, but to do nothing here when there's so much uncertainty, you know, judge, we don't know when he's going to be back and we don't know if he's going to be fully healthy when he gets back um, or at least get into a full rhythm when he's able to finally uh, get on the field, a hundred percent healthy Stanton, 
always a wild card, at least over these last couple of years. Um, and the Paxton, we, we just don't know. We, we don't know what the flexor strain is going to have in store for him. Um, he could be back. He expects to make a couple of starts before the season ends, but that's hardly guaranteed. Um, we can go down the list and talk about all the other things, but I'd rather not. Yeah, no need. Uh, it's just, you know, we, we obviously kill the Yankees and every Yankee fan kills the Yankees when they overpay at deadline acquisition time or when they make no moves. I mean, no one is satisfied uh, with a move unless it's for a brand name. You know, you, you get, you start to hate these names that pop up in trade rumors over and over again. And then you're still somehow annoyed when Robbie Ray goes to the Blue Jays and says, yeah. it's like, wait, I thought Robbie Ray was the guy that was on my team that I hated. Why is, why is he on Toronto? <laughs> um, but like, it, it, I do think that you, you know, presented with someone like Archie Bradley, who you don't like, and I understand not liking him. And there's a lot of three, five, three, six ERAs out of the bullpen there. Uh, and it, there's nothing that's going to overwhelm you. But at the same time, even if getting Archie Bradley for minimal players like Josh Van Meter, even if it doesn't work out and Bradley is bad, that Jonathan Holder, Luis Sessa spot can so obviously be upgraded. Yeah. Tommy Canley has been a much bigger hole in this bullpen than I think we wanted to admit. Because as you see, all it takes is one more person like Britton going down to throw everything into disarray. And when you're starting Loisaga because you've got all these double headers, suddenly you've got, you know, Green can't go three days in a row. Neither can Adovino. We're using Adovino in the fourth inning. Aroldis Chapman hasn't pitched in 11 days somehow, even though the bullpen is taxed. Like the bullpen is this weird combination of taxed and completely unbalanced. And so just adding someone like Archie Bradley with a pedigree felt like sort of a necessity to me. I wasn't going to be disappointed with not adding minor until I saw what it cost to add Mike minor. I was never going to be disappointed with the Clevenger thing, but this team, you know, is nowhere close to having enough pitching depth, not to compete. I mean, they have enough pitching depth to compete. They're, they're a 19 and 13 playoff team. 2020 is weird. Uh, you know, they're going to have to split with the blue Jays to maintain their playoff spot. There, there's not a lot of, you know, difficult math in figuring this out right we're we're not plotting out a way to return to superstardom we're just trying to hold on to the status quo um and, and so i'm not trying to make a game-changing move but i am saying that canely has sort of been the jenga piece that you pull him out of the bullpen and all it takes is one more you know zach Britton running to first weirdly and suddenly everything is off kilter so i'm not going to crush the yankees for doing nothing but it just felt like a prime opportunity to do a very small thing that if it didn't work out and if Bradley and Holder ended up being clones for the next month, you could all point and laugh at me and say, look at that. Why didn't we just stay pat with Jonathan Holder? It's because you just don't have to. You, you, can, you can let go of your 19th best prospect and a, a fringe infielder. You, you just can do that, and you're never really going to miss. Like Nick Solak on the Rangers is sort of an above-average regular at this point. No one's coming to me complaining that the Yankees traded Nick Solak in the Brandon Drury trade. Like, no one's pulling up those receipts. It, it would actually be nice to have Nick Solak at this point. But that's how little it matters. Like, th these are the swings you can take. Brandon Drury was the worst trade acquisition in recent Yankees yeah. history. Like, if you get 15 innings of three ERA baseball from Archie Bradley for someone who you theoretically wanted to keep, I think that would have been fine. But they didn't do it, uh, and they're never going to do it. It's over. I was looking to make a big move. I, I don't know why we couldn't get Max Scherzer. I mean, yell at me all you want. I don't understand why the Nationals wouldn't want to trade him. I don't know why we wouldn't inquire there. He's got the rest of this year and all of next year on his deal. The Nationals are out of it this year. That's no secret. Um, and 
they're going to they would need a miracle to climb back in it. I know they did it last year, but in this in under these circumstances with no Strasburg the rest of the way, Anthony Rendon's gone. It's probably not happening. And next year, you know, it's one more year of Scherzer. You really think you're going to probably win the World Series in 2021? Why not? Like I said, institute a mini rebuild around Juan Soto if the Yankees aren't willing to surrender you know a bunch of top prospects and maybe a, some MLB talent for that then I don't know what I don't know what this team's looking to do but I don't know why I, may, maybe we'll find out in the coming days that they did call the Nats but I don't know why this wasn't more of a conversation or more brought up in rumors or reports it's just a bummer because I think we were all sort of prepared for a lackluster trade deadline because of the uncertainty of, of dealing in the pandemic space uh, and so if you told me like a month ago, the Yankees aren't going to trade for anybody, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, no shit. Like the season's canceled already, isn't it? Like the season's still happening on August 31st. <clears throat> cool. Um, but it, is, it became clear that a lot of teams were making blockbuster moves and the Padres traded like 15 dudes. It's, the Yankees really can't, you know, t- the Yankees talk to the Mariners constantly. Like the, you can't get one of these, you know, Dan Altavilla type dudes yeah. that the Padres got. Like just anybody who's not Jonathan Holder at a certain point, the familiarity complex sort of hits you and it's it's you know maybe he maybe these people on the Seattle Mariners who post similar ERAs are not better than Jonathan Holder but you know what I've seen it enough times I've seen this movie enough just anyone in that spot you know the roster crunch miss me with the roster crunch just anybody in the Holder spot is an improvement to me Sessa getting the bases loaded K to end uh, the second year with the doubleheader yesterday was insane but I think if you pulled a hundred Yankee fans I think 99 of them would have told you a different story or at least 75. Um, it's crazy coming out of that. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. A doubleheader that we're just kind of bummed out because it was such a morale boost. We just wanted one little trade deadline move to be able to float to you people saying like, yeah, we stayed up and it was worth it because we got to talk about XYZ. And uh, instead we just get to talk about the Padres wheeling and dealing like AJ Preller is emerging from the Wolf of Wall Street uh, back closet. And Brian Cashman <laughs> just sort of nothing materialized. Uh, and you know what? It's okay. But, uh, you know, we, we would have liked to see some, something small go down at the very least. Dylan Bundy, Angelton Simmons, th- those guys aren't moving. Like, the, the Angels don't want to move those guys. Lance Lynn, the Rangers don't want to move that guy. That, that's someone you're holding on to. Look at what happened to Miners' trade value year over year. And look what happened to Robbie Ray's trade value year over year. They were trying to get Clint from us last year. Clint, Clint Frazier, starting Yankees outfit or Clint Frazier. And now it's like, you, the Blue Jays have somebody in the back end of their top 30. He's a lefty great. I don't even, I'm not even going to Google. He's probably walked fewer guys than Robbie Ray this year. Robbie Ray leads MLB in walks, by the way, but there's a hundred percent chance he's going to bust all the Yankees with the Blue Jays in the next couple of weeks. In no doubt. I mean, you're right. I think that I think another big factor of this is coming out of this series with even more morale because they won three straight yesterday was epic. Um, and let's talk about yesterday. How, how fun was that? That was the most fun I've probably had all year, to be honest with you. Let's do it. Let's just do it. It was great. Let's, let's, give, the, let's give a back half happy podcast. Yeah, yeah, come on. It ruled. And uh, you can disagree with me if you want. Uh, 2020's weird. Everything is weird. Everything is wrong. Nothing feels normal. I am fine with the way the first two games of that series went down because of the way the next three happened. 
totally fine. Absolutely. I can't, couldn't agree more. Um, We, we ripped the Yankees into oblivion after that doubleheader loss on Friday. Um, Two blown leads uh, looked like the team was flat. Didn't want it as we were talking about the, uh, that same week after the, uh, or, you know, I don't even know what, what week it is anymore. Whatever week it was, we uh, got swept by the Rays at the stadium. Uh, That was that week, right? That was last week. Yeah, that was somehow not that long ago. Yeah, that was somehow not that long ago. It feels like a month ago, and I, I still want to kill them for it. Uh, but anyway, it's on the heels of that. So, you know, we're looking at this team sitting there like, great. We, we, can't, we, we can't even get Garrett Cole on the mound to take down a Rays team. And, you know, he manages to give up home runs to uh, G-Man Choi and whatever. It just it wasn't a good look. And then we go into the Mets series, drop the first two games, blowing leads. Offense is lifeless again. Um, and then we're back so, uh, Saturday. Jay Happ comes in and I said, I, I, had a, I had a couple of players that I want to shout out. I want to shout out Jay Happ because right before this game started, I said, if Happ throws, if Happ goes the distance, complete game shutout and puts the Yankees back on track, we should vest his option for 2021. No negotiating, just do it. Um, I've been talking a lot of crap on Hicks all year, just because um, he's not getting hits and he's batting lead off or he's batting third and uh, walks are great, but you also need to hit the ball. And when you're batting like 190, um, it's not great, uh, especially if you're in those two spots and especially when all your good players are injured and you need some sort of uh, production on the offensive side of the ball. Luke Boyd has been the only semblance of production um, since all these injuries happen. But Hicks is two-run homer uh, off Edwin Diaz, ties the game. Then we go into extras and uh, Chad Green, my biggest shout-out of the week. He's had a miserable last few games. Comes in in that top of the eighth. Remember, this is extras at this point. Runner on second. Strikes out Rosario. Ahmed Rosario strikes out Dominic Smith. They intentionally walk Cano to get to Jake Marisnik. Strike his ass out. Inning over. Gio Rochella ends it. Um, and that was that was it for me. That 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 really made me feel good, and it made me feel good for those guys. And I know you've uh, you've been we've been wanting to chat about uh, Gary too after Gary comes up big. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, look, does the Gary Sanchez Grand Slam off someone I hadn't heard of before yesterday erase his monthly struggles? <laughs> no, obviously it, it doesn't. I'm not going to be swayed by the narrative that much. But I have a little bit of poop eating to do on Gary Sanchez. I do. I'm going to have to spoon yeah. spoon that poop into my mouth. Poop Because <laughs> he, uh, I mean, you want to talk about scenarios that if you polled the majority of the Yankees fan base on what's going to happen, I mean, with the bases loaded in extras, the one person I do not want to see up at the plate with the need to produce one run, the need is necessary with the Mets as the home team at Yankee Stadium that you at least get the runner in from second base. The bases are now loaded for Gary Sanchez after, you know, a rip to left field by Rochelle and another intentional walk. Uh, and I'm, you know, all I want is for Eric Kratz to stay up at the plate, who, who, by the way, has already like struck out in a pretty big situation with risk earlier in the night. Like, it's not like Kratz, don't, you know, don't let the line drive single distract you. Like, Eric Kratz is still Eric Kratz. He's David Garcia's dad, and it's awesome. Like, <laughs> he remains Eric Kratz. So, like, the fact that I'm standing there being like, the one person I don't want to see come up now is Gary Sanchez, and I would accept Tyro and Tyler Wade and Kratz is bonkers but it's also true like that's where we all were and I don't think a single human on earth wanted to see Gary Sanchez against Drew Smith and Gary got two sliders away uh he spat on both of them which never happens hasn't happened since the Reagan administration 
uh, got two meatballs down the middle, fouled them both back. And there was a stat earlier in the day about Gary and meatballs, uh, and it somehow had to do with, you know, on-field action instead of local deli consumption. But he, <laughs> in the past, has hit something like, it was like 376 on terrible pitches, but like fastballs down the middle and flat nothings. He routinely does damage on those. Uh, and this year, he legitimately had, had gotten like 30 to 35 meatballs, somewhere in that range, and had recorded no hits, uh, none. Like, it's the easiest thing to do in baseball. When a hitter, like, misses a meatball, he's looking to, like, break a bat over his knee, and the, the announcers in the broadcast booth know it, and everyone's making a note of it. Like, it's rare that a hitter misses a meatball, and it's frustrating when a hitter does that. Gary Sanchez's entire season was missing meatballs. His, his highlights were the groan-inducing moments. Like, even seeing those pitches were his highlight. Uh, and he took a 2-2 high fastball – 453 feet in a deep left field in the most cathartic moment. I'm not looking for Gary to fail. I, I no, no. can't make that more obvious. The team is so much better with Gary Sanchez. He hasn't taken a ball the opposite way all year. That's still a problem, but my goodness. And you could tell from the way the dugout reacted, they were through the roof. Thrilled. For Gary. Through the roof. Yeah, and it's funny because the game prior, we were talking and he wanted – Boone to pinch hit Gary for Clint in that bottom of the eighth inning before Gio uh, got the game-winning game winning RBI single. The game before that was like Gary's worst game of the season, like in terms of pass balls, in terms of giving up. Like the body language was just utter mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah, but he came back in a big way. Hopefully this sets the tone for what's to come. Um, a groin injury during the Rays series. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> that's, that's – oh, God. That's the classic that Gary narrative, though. It's the classic Gary narrative. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if he, if like, like I was saying too, if if Hicks and Sanchez are hitting like, like literally two twenty five, we 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 have like th- we probably have four more wins, and I'm not even exaggerating because those are next in line, the best hitters on the team that are that that were healthy while DJ uh, Judge and Stanton were out and still are out. DJ's finally back to, you know, uh, to, to give us some hope. Thankfully he's already picking up where he, le- he's already picking up and doing better than everybody else after <laughs> however long with a sprained thumb, which is also probably not a comfortable injury to come back from. You're gripping it back constantly. You know, you're, he's playing in the field. So I, it's crazy. If, if Hicks and if Hicks and Gary are just like, and, and Guardy too. Like, we don't expect one, 180 out of Guardy. One, what was he? He was batting 164 coming into the series. He's batting 179 now. Like, that's not, like, literally, like, these batting averages go up 20 points, 25 points, which is nothing to ask for. That's, that's, that's nothing. And th- this team is, we're not, even, we're not even mad at this team, probably. We're panicking just because it actually happened. Like, the predictives, like we all know the Yankees as a true talent team, even with the injuries are better than what we've just watched, but we still have to watch it. Like the, the blown leads are one thing. I hate blown leads, but at a certain point, your bullpen is blowing one nothing leads over and over again. Like you, you want to hand your bullpen like a 5-2 lead at some point, maybe see how that goes. Like it's really, really hard to shut out a team four consecutive times, which is what the Yankees offense was asking the bullpen to do. Uh, like the bullpen allowing one run is not a catastrophe. The Chad Green meltdown in the first game was really the only legitimately indefensible loss in that streak. Like 
I'm mad. We were all mad. Everyone's angry, but we weren't really mad about, you know, Freddie Freeman hitting a two run Homer as much as we were mad about the fact that we just had to hold on for dear life for two and a half hours only to have like our blood, sweat and tears undone by just one bad Chad Green pitch. Um, there's the runners in scoring position stats are always fluky. You can never base your opinion of a team around how they do it with runners in scoring position. And people say the Yankees can never hit with runners in scoring position. And it feels that way, but that's not the case. Um, they're always around league average or a little bit better. You know, the batting averages are always low in that. So you, you can quote a low batting average with runners in scoring position. That's pretty much par for the course. It's, it's not that easy to hit with runners in scoring position. But during the seven-game win streak, or the six-game win streak prior to the awful seven-game losing streak, they were hitting, like, in the 400 range in that Red Sox series. Like, it was nuts. And then over the course of the Rays, Braves, and Mets series, during the losses, they were legitimately hitting, like, 106. I believe it was 109 in the middle of yesterday's action. Um, stark difference and just not reality. Like, 430 is not reality. Neither is 106. All they need is some steadiness. We, we can't yeah. have this streaky team. If you just were going to tell me they were going to hit 230 with Rogers' scoring position for the next, like, two and a half weeks, they probably, like, go six games over 500. That's just – all you need to do is be okay. Yeah. They were not okay, and it was stark and crazy. Uh, and then, yeah, reversing course and winning the last three and losing the first two, it's perfect. It's a perfect feeling. It's exactly how you want to shut Mets fans up. If they hadn't done that, I don't know what we would have been looking at going into the Rays series, which once again, they have lined the pitching up perfectly. I'm glad we're getting this out before the series because, you know, the Rays are the Rays. They do everything to the Yankees that you don't want. The series is going to be torturous again, even though it's at the stadium. But they managed to get Cole, Tanaka, Montgomery against Glass now, TBD and TBD. That's what you want. You are giving yourself a chance. Whether the best laid plans of Mice and Men work out and whether they can actually win this series, who knows. The Yankees did their job, dealt this horrible pitching hand, a ton of doubleheaders. Davey Garcia stepped up like crazy. It was really unfortunate that Voight uh, kicked that ball around and the tying run eventually scored on him. But you cannot ask for more from the kid who thank goodness was not a trade deadline uh, showcase. He's still on the team. He's going to be back up starting one of the halves of the doubleheader against Baltimore. Cause Oh, by the way, doubleheaders are still happening. There's another one on Friday. Um, but the, the reversal of fortune there, the three in a row makes you confident that the Yankees have now lined themselves up for the race series and starting Jay Happ again against the Mets on Thursday. Uh, they've done the job now. They, they weathered this garbage uh, pitching slate they did just fine and so whether it works or not I think the right calls were made in sequence over the course of this weekend it really is crazy to think now that I'm looking at the schedule we could have gotten swept in five games by the Mets we should we probably should these have. Go, like, it wouldn't shock me at all oh my god dude these go two of these go to extras oh my god and there's it's, it's just insane. That it would have just felt normal. Like, it wouldn't have felt like being swept in five games by the Mets. It would have been like, yeah, we were outmatched in five straight games. Oh, my God, they all came against the Mets. Oh, that would have been a yeah. sweet all extra All extra innings, uh, two extra innings and one, and one bottom, bottom nine walk-off. Like, this could have easily been yeah, – yeah, this, this could have been – this easily could have been a five-game sweep. But anyway, uh, thank God that didn't happen because we, we, wouldn't, happen. We, wouldn't, we wouldn't be here right now. Um, we'd be elsewhere, uh, probably in a ditch, but, uh, it was great seeing what Davey could do. Uh, and thank God for that five run comeback in the, uh, in the seventh, the game prior, because that takes so much pressure off the kid. He had 
I saw him in spring training in Tampa, did not look good, did not look good on multiple occasions in spring training. Then the season gets postponed. Then he comes back for summer camp. He looks okay in intra-squad action. Then he goes against the Phillies, and it's, it's a disaster. Um, so if they lose that game as definitively as 7-2 to two and don't make that comeback, he is facing a ton of pressure to get them another win so they don't drop four in a five-game set against the Mets, who are under 500 and – and you didn't see DeGrom at all in these five games. So there just would have been, it would have been too much to overcome, I think, for him. But instead, he's going into this one relaxed. They get this crazy walk-off win. The morale is through the roof. He's feeling good, pumping his rising fastball. The curve is nasty. He, he, he looks so relaxed out there. Um, and then it was nice seeing him talk to Pedro after the game on MLB Network. That, 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 uh, that, that felt good for everybody. Um, but that, I think that's great for his development. I hope to see him again. I'm not like, kind of like what we were talking about earlier in terms of, uh, you know, looking at people's sample sizes. Uh, I'm not going to be overly confident about this. We've seen the flaws that he's had. I know you wrote today about him making a minor, uh, tweak to his, uh, to his delivery and it's apparently helped a lot, but once again, played underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Against the Mets, second leg of a doubleheader. He's facing a tired lineup, tired team in general. This is five games in three days. Um... And uh, the Mets were just completely dead after blowing that lead. And, uh, they, you know, you start up a game 35, 40 minutes later, and it's like the same energy is carrying over into the next one. It just feels like a longer version of the first game. Um, but nonetheless, encouraged by what I'm seeing for him, I hope to see more. Is Pedro Martinez the greatest living Yankee? He's like, he, he remade Luis Severino, and now he's like, trying to angle in on Davey too. Like he said, Davey was his favorite prospect. Like what is going on? What is going on and why is it going on? And why do I love it? Like, why do you like keep getting small Dominican flamethrowers who Pedro Martinez has every intention of turning into ALE Scots? Like, thank you. Like the Red Sox tankathon, the Reds, oh, the Red Sox, by the way, have traded everybody. The people like it, somehow not Martin Perez, by the way, that felt like someone who maybe should have gone somewhere. Yeah. Kevin Pilar gone to the Rockies. Uh, Josh Osich gone. Uh, not that that's not that that's no, they guy, treated but... they treated a bunch of relievers. Yeah, Workman gone, Hembry gone, Hembry. Uh, he he, I fuck with Trump. Hembry is now on the Phillies. Uh, <laughs> he said that after the 2018 World Series, never forget. Um, yeah, everything about that comeback was insane. I, I don't think like maybe just because we're sort of in trade deadline mode, I can't you can't gloss over the, the seven two comeback with two outs no. in, the, in the bottom of the final inning. And every Mets fan, I'm sure, was, you know, clenching tight during that entire comeback, assuming the worst at all times. That I mean, that's still crazy. It, it, even with the Mets being involved, that's insane. It, it, yeah, you it get can't it. keep happening. It, it cannot keep happening over and over again. And we never do this. It, it, you got it, a check swing double from Voight, or a check swing, two-run check Tyra swing single. Thrown out at yeah, Tyra Sot- the game should have been over. Tyra Ostrada should have been thrown out third. And then uh, what Hicks home run cleared the fence by a, a quarter of a centimeter. It is fun. And he's walking to first. If that thing hits the top of the wall, <laughs> could get thrown out at first maybe. 
you've got the Hicks home run. I mean, it is funny though to have the Mets fans go like short porch for the whole series, as if like, as if that's you know a fun argument, as if both teams don't get the short porch, and then with one strike to go, trying to close out a seven-five victory, they get short porched to the extreme. Yeah. What is clearly not a home run in most ballparks, although also enough of a laser that it would have taken a cutout's head off if the Yankees were doing cardboard cutouts. Uh, <laughs> bonkers win mind-boggling that it happened and now we go into a race series with renewed energy although you obviously are a little bit disappointed by not making big additions at the deadline but that's what 2020 is this team is going to get Zach Britton back soon they're going to get Kyle Higashioka back soon they are theoretically going to get Clay Torres back soon keep Judge and stand on the shelf for a while uh, and roll the dice because in on in all honesty nobody is home nobody is home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs all those series are going to be over in 1.5 seconds and if you wagered a lot uh, and you banked a lot of your emotional energy on getting out of the first round in 2020, I feel bad for you. It's just, this is not going to be, a lot of predictions are going to go by the wayside. A lot of analytic stuff is going to be rendered moot by, you know, somebody hitting a ball off first base in a three game series. Uh, so enjoy it for what it is, but yeah, there, it's really hard to get a discernible advantage in any of those series. So hopefully the Yankees get in healthy at that point in the next month. And then truly, you say whatever happens in October happens. This year, more so than any other year, this is going to be completely up and down. And, well, quick deal here. Blue Jays acquire Ross Stripling from the Dodgers, so they are stacking up on pitching. That happened? How can that even happen? It just happened. I don't know. Maybe the facts got in late. Ross Stripling almost traded for Jock Peterson in some sort of Jock Peterson deal this offseason. Now officially traded by the Dodgers, who decided they don't uh, really don't care for that guy at all. I was I was sitting here refreshing, hoping we'd get a BS trade at the because remember last year Granky was traded 13 minutes after the Granky trade broke from reports 13 minutes after the deadline. I know we're you know we're well over an hour after the deadline now, but you never know. But there it is, Blue Jays stocking up on pitching, us doing nothing. But if we if we can rebound against the Rays, we'll forget about all this. I would have enjoyed Ross Stripling. I, I have nothing more to say about that. Would have been fine. You told me we got that. I would have been like, dope. And that's kind of my reaction to everything. All these people, except for Robbie Ray, who I truly did not want and who is definitely going to kick our ass. Uh, everyone else, I definitely wanted in some capacity. But I'll, I'll just keep shrugging. That is it for this deadline edition of the Yanksco Yard podcast. Uh, remember to find us on the Apple podcast store on iTunes, on Spotify. Drop us a review. Is there anybody you wanted the Yankees to pursue at the deadline that they did not even come close to getting? Uh, is this a huge mistake? Is Cashman standing pat all part of the larger plan? Or are you absolutely furious? Please let us know on Twitter and in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Currently arguing about a Mets fan about their uh, ineffectiveness at the deadline. Uh, and in the offseason about trades. So please, I got, I got plenty more where that came from. For all in good fun, we also run the Yanks Go Yard uh, FS Twitter account. Come see us there. Yeah, jump into that Mets fan argument. Now's the time. Uh, the water is just fine. Uh, catch everybody later this week. We will see you. See ya. <laughs>
But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.